Hello and welcome to Following the Way. We are a podcast, a new podcast that is uh, just getting started. And the intent of this podcast is to be devoted to the examination of scripture and Christ-centered practices that are going to help us to live out our devotion to the way of Jesus as revealed in scripture. And so I'm so glad that you're with us. The idea for this podcast was percolating in me for quite a while. And it's really, it's been this period of, of coping and, and surviving through this pandemic and through the coronavirus that has been the impetus to finally get this off the ground. And so I'm, I'm glad that you're giving it a shot. And uh, if you're listening to us on YouTube, I want to just encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to also to click the little bell icon that will notify you when we upload new material. We'd uh, really appreciate if you would do that. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast uh, through Apple, we'd encourage you to comment, to rate it, to, uh, to share, uh, to get the word out. And um, we're glad um, to, be, to be serving you in this way. To, so this is episode two. And we are looking at Romans 8. We went through the first eight verses of Romans 8 to begin. And today we're going to go through uh, Romans 8 verses 9 to 17, looking at what it means to live by the Spirit and according to the Spirit. So I'm going to read those verses and then we'll dig into it. Verse 9, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. You know, one of the intents of this podcast is to be a sort of daily devotional material that will help you in a, a small and quick way unpack a little bit of scripture and so that it will benefit your life and help you live according to the ways of Jesus. And so here in verse 9, it tells us this profound and fundamental truth for those of us who are in Christ. It says that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And that means that he makes his home with us, that he inhabits us, that he resides with us. There's this idea almost of cohabitation, if you will, that the God's spirit actually lives inside of you. It's not some metaphorical idea. It's actually a living reality that God's spirit is with us. And that means we are empowered by the spirit. Every person who has come to Christ is in Christ. 
meaning that they have the power of the Holy Spirit available to them, every single person in Christ. Now, the question might be, though, then, why don't we experience more of living in the Spirit? Why do we still struggle with things? Why do we still face the reality of Romans 6 and 7 while we're wanting to live in the reality of Romans 8? Well, theologian William Newell, he he wrote uh, some things about this and, and he did a verse-by-verse commentary of Romans 8. And, and he wrote about how those who are spiritually under John the Baptist's ministry of repentance and uh, I want to want to read you something here from him that uh, hopefully will will help uh, us. He says many sincere people are yet spiritually under John the Baptist's ministry of repentance, and we see that in Acts 19, where there was these believers that hadn't yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and. He says, he goes on to say, their state, people who live in this kind of state, their state is practically that that of the struggle of Romans 7, where neither Christ nor the Holy Spirit is mentioned, but only a quickened but undelivered soul in struggle under a sense of duty, not a sense of full acceptance in Christ and sealing by the Holy Spirit. So we need to remember, everyone is, is spirit-filled. and But even though we're all spirit-filled, we all also need to be going on being filled with the Holy Spirit constantly, daily, even many times a day, as Ephesians 5.18 exhorts us to do. And it's, it's having these rivers of living water that Jesus spoke of constantly flowing and streaming into us. Now, why are, are some in the church uneasy about this? Why, why do some sort of get a little bit nervous and, and maybe even resist when we talk about subsequent fillings of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, apart from the sealing of the Holy Spirit that happens when we come to Christ? I want to I read something from R.T. Kendall, who uh, in his book, Holy Fire, he says this, Why is it that some Christians are uneasy at the thought that there may be more for them after their conversion? Is it something they don't want to think about? Is it something that would challenge their theology or pride? Does the idea of a baptism or sealing of the Spirit beyond conversion suggest that they would have to move out of their comfort zones? Or is it not a thrilling possibility, that of experiencing the power, the peace, and joy from the immediate witness of the Holy Spirit? You know, it, it talks in here about how we are, even though we are, are alive because of the Spirit, that the reality is, is that our body is actually dead because of sin. And so physically, our bodies are dead, meaning that they are in a constant process, a state of decay. The, it's the effects of sin. And these bodies of ours, they will continue in that state. They cannot and they will not inherit the kingdom of God. It is impossible for these physical bodies. But it says, but we can live now by the Spirit because of the righteousness of Jesus. It's the righteousness of Jesus that actually allows the living Holy Spirit to be living and active and present inside of us. It says in verse 11, the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit lives in me. It lives in everyone who is in 
Christ. And it's that spirit, that same exact power of the Holy Spirit that will give life to your mortal bodies. You know, one of the uh, effects or, or impacts, if you will, of, of the coronavirus is that we're realizing how susceptible and how out of control or, or lack of control we have over our bodies, that our bodies are very susceptible to illnesses, to one simple mutation of a virus. And we are all very susceptible. And it tells us that we're mortal. And, you know, many, many people who also have experienced or walked with cancer, they also have experienced this. That there is, we, they realize how susceptible we are to this thing in our lives. And in one respect, it's a very good reminder to us of our mortality, that we are designed and we're meant to embrace that we actually inherently are weak. We have weakness inside of us. Our bodies are weak. Our bodies are decaying because of sin. And we're meant to actually look to God for his strength. We're meant to actually rely on and and ask the Holy Spirit to be the one who helps us live by his spirit. And, that, and that's why it says there, again, that it's this Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us, who takes residence inside of us, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And so then verses 12 to 14 here that we read goes on and talks about living according to that spirit, being led by the spirit. And, and it talks about how we are to crucify our sinful desires and our inclinations. And, and how do we do this? Well, it's, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is ultimately how we gain victory over these inclinations and temptations in our lives. And it says that, and, and this is the best news for us, it says we are sons and daughters. We have received the very best inheritance and, and we, we know and we receive the affection of a loving heavenly father, it says. And we call on him and we can call him Abba, Father. It's a very endearing term for a father. And so what it tells us is that we know in our spirits who we are. Do you know in Christ who you are? This passage tells us exactly who we are. Now, if we give in and, and we find ourselves wanting to live in the flesh and, and, and be led by our sinful desires and, and live by those things, it says that actually then that we'll end up living in a spirit of slavery. And that spirit of slavery gives way to fear. But that's not God's intent for his children. God's intent for his children was never that we give in and live in a spirit of fear or in any sense where we are uh, fearful of, of what is to come in our lives because of who we are, because the, we are sons and daughters of God. And so it says here that it reminds us, and it's such a riveting picture that we have been adopted. We've received adoption. Now, when, when one receives adoption, and, and many of us can identify this, we know that then they're chosen, wanted, loved, cherished, cared for. They're given a new identity, a new lease on life, if you will. That, that is all enveloped in the process of adoption. And that's who we are in Christ. And so there's this promise of glory to come. Now, there might be present suffering, 
and it says that that we will we actually can expect and we should expect that we will suffer during our lives but when we do we can receive it and survive it by knowing who we are it doesn't change suffering doesn't change who we are in Christ and what the seal that has been placed on us so to end today I want to want to do a little practice here for us and and really a practical um exercise to follow in the way of Jesus. And so I want to invite you um, to just put your feet on the ground to ready yourself to receive, to maybe open up your hands and to quiet your heart, to quiet your mind and begin to, to even breathe in and breathe out and just to slow down and receive the presence of the Holy Spirit, to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to be with you. And as you do that, begin to receive the love of your Abba Father in heaven. Begin to just encounter the love that the Father has for you as you slow down, as you wait on the Lord. You can feel your body, feel what your body is doing quiet your heart, rid your mind of distractions, allow the Lord to rest on you, allow the Holy Spirit to come and his presence just to rest on you and allow yourself to feel the love of the Father and as you do that remind yourself of what the truth of this passage says, I am a child of God. I am a son. I am a daughter. I have been chosen. I have been adopted. I'm chosen. I'm wanted. I'm loved. I'm cherished. I'm cared for. I have a new identity. Nothing will change that. Nothing can ever come against that. I am a child of my Father in heaven, and his Son has paid the price for me. It's his righteousness that covers me. Allow yourself to feel the love of the Father. And I want to encourage you as we end this time that whatever we're facing, whatever you're facing, that to remind yourself of these verses, this is who I am in Christ. This is who I am to the Father. This is what it means to live by the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit in my life, to receive the truth of who I am. Be blessed today. Be encouraged. You have a Father in heaven who loves you. You have a Savior who has paid everything for you. You are covered by his righteousness. And you have been given the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you and desires to fill you with more and more and more and more of the presence of Jesus. Be blessed.